Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, a show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show. Haunted houses baffle me. They're frightening, but more than that, they're really weird and curious. I understand why some people become obsessed by haunted houses. And after making this episode, I just might have to delve into investigating some haunted locations myself. In this episode, you'll hear true stories of haunted houses across Canada. I'll also take a ghost tour in the distillery district of Toronto. We'll start with the first story from an unusually named road near the town of Windsor, Ontario. That road is Texas Road. Okay, so I was living on Texas Road near Walker Road, and on Walker Road, around the corner from Texas Road, there was a house that was known as a haunted house. The story was that a man had killed his wife and tried to burn his house down, but he only managed to burn the back of the house. My brother and I went to check it out one day, We went in the house, and in the kitchen, it was like somebody just got up in the middle of a meal and left the house. There were still plates on the table, and there was still food in the fridge, and I don't think the fridge or the house had been occupied for many, many years. There was an old pump organ that you could still kind of pump it a bit. It had been damaged by the fire, but it still made kind of spooky sounds. So after we finished looking around the house, there was a barn in the back, and the barn was kind of falling over. And we had to practically lift the door up. And once we got it up to the apex, we could let it go and it just fell backwards against the barn. So gravity was keeping it down, I guess. We went into the barn and there was a bunch of green garbage bags. And I opened one of the green garbage bags. It was a bag full of dishes. But on top of the dishes, there was a skull, a dog skull. And the two of us were starting to get a little spooked out. And then hanging about... Ten feet away from us was this big crowbar, bigger than normal, hanging on a beam. And all of a sudden, the crowbar started to swing back and forth. This totally spooked us out, and we ran out of the barn. And as we ran out of the barn, the barn door defied gravity and slammed shut. And we ran home. And that was the last time I ever visited the haunted house on Walker Road. I think, you know, once we got off the property, like, we didn't want to think about it anymore. We just went on with our lives and did other things. I mean, you know, we were teenagers. I was 18 at the time. And that's one of my stories of Texas Road. Luckily, William made it out of the haunted barn at Texas Road without so much as a bruise. This next storyteller was not exactly so lucky. I was sent this next story from Emma in Dawson Creek, British Columbia. I was about 10 years old living in Prince George and I was living in this apartment building with my mom and I always got this weird vibe. Like I always thought there was some weird presence in there. It made me really uneasy like all the time. I would always see this little girl in my room and I was here walking by the bathroom. And then one night I was about to go to bed. 
I grabbed my handle to open my door and I just blacked out. It felt like something grabbed my arm and I felt like I was just shooting down an elevator shaft and I felt like I was brought to a wedding bow. And when I finally came to, there was like a bruise on my arm the next day, which kind of got my teachers talking the next day at school because they thought maybe I was getting abused, but it was the most unreal experience ever just because there was like that bruise on my arm, you know? <laughs> This next story is also about an apartment, one located in a place called Ramat Gan in Israel, a faraway place but a close-to-home story told by my mother at the studio in Toronto. So this story happened when I was 20 years old, 1973, and I was living in uh, Israel. I was at the Hebrew University, and the war had broken out, and it had been a very difficult time. The whole country, everyone was mourning, and it was quite a tragedy. I had this place I used to go to. It was a relative of mine, and they used to welcome me. So when I needed some quiet time, I'd go to their place. I would just sleep in their living room and do my homework. They decided as a special treat for me, they would let me have my own apartment. They had an apartment down the road that my cousin's father used to use but no one had used it for many, many months. So they opened the door at night. It also had that odor of nobody had opened a window and I was allowed to sleep there. Anyway, I went to sleep right away and I, I was from a family of five and I'd never lived on my own before. I'd never even spent a night by myself before. I went to sleep and all of a sudden I woke up and it might've been a half hour later and I couldn't move, but I also felt there was a presence in the room, and I was 100% convinced somebody was in the room with me. And it was dark, but I didn't want to move. I felt like it was really important not to move because I didn't want to disturb whoever else was in the room with me. I felt like it was important just to stay still. So I stayed still for the whole night. I didn't move. In the morning when I woke up, I got dressed, I took my bag, and I went back to my relative's house. It was 6.30 in the morning. And I told them I would never stay in that place again. I had no wish to do that ever again. This next story took place much closer in Scarborough, Ontario. I hope you remember Alex's story from the first episode. She's back with another spooky story. This was at Roy Thompson Park beside the Scarborough General Hospital. My partner and I at the time were trying to do paranormal investigations. We both had the EVP app and the EMF detector app, which I didn't think was going to actually work. <laughs> the EVP, which used radio waves to be able for them to communicate with you. Okay. And then the EMF detector is detecting magnetic fields. We end up wandering Roy Thompson Park at about, you know, witching hour. My partner and I both feel like this really heavy, dark feeling when we sort of go near the buildings. We both are drawn to a specific building that's like right off the side. It's like the stable area. I kind of take a peek inside of the building. We started getting spikes on the EVP. 
the radio waves started doing a lot more frequencies and floating back and forth quite a bit more. And then it stopped suddenly, and we hear like this really loud, guttural, deep growl. And we were like, no thanks, no. <laughs> so then we ended up taking the uh, EMF detectors and pointing it relatively towards the house, the area of the building, and we got a spike from, it was like zero, zero, zero to 1.2 to like 2.7, and then it went up to 666777, and then dropped back down. And then we were like, no. <laughs> oh my God, it was so terrifying. Did you stick around or did you get right out of there? We were dumb and we stayed in that vicinity. In horror films, when people stay, you're always shouting at the screen, no, go, go, but you stayed. Yeah, we stayed because we're dumb. <laughs> and we heard more growling. Then finally I was like, screw it, let's kind of walk away from the buildings because obviously something's here that doesn't want us to be here. Alex has a few more stories for future episodes. Also, you can rest assured that while this may be the first episode on haunted houses, it isn't going to be the last one. Now, you may have been wondering where the stories in this episode came from. They were mostly submitted to me online through Facebook. If you've got a story that you'd like to submit for a future episode, you can go to facebook.com slash supernatural podcast. As well as that, I've set up a Patreon page that's where you can contribute anything towards the show. It's free and always will be. But if you can pay a buck or two per month, that's just like a cup of coffee. It really helps. I'm paying for print ads across Canada to have people submit more stories to the show as well as advertising on Facebook. That's where I get a lot of story submissions from. So I really appreciate anything you can submit at patreon.com slash supernatural stories. And you can always tell a friend about the show. I'm trying to get more people to hear it. That's what it's really all about. And it really helps if you tell people about the show, share it with a friend. I really appreciate it. These next stories were told to me over the phone from Oshawa by Crystal. We chatted for over an hour. She shared story after story, and they're all really good. Now, I know some of you still don't believe in ghosts. Well, prepare to be spooked. My parents lived in Barrie. The Barrie tornado took out the house, and they moved into Aurora. The house was on the south end of Aurora, so it was near Henderson. As soon as we moved in, we started noticing like the taps, the doors. There was one time my mom came home, and somebody had left a plug in the sink, and the sink was overflowing with water. And you said the doors opened by themselves? And unlocked as well. What was that like? Was it slow or was it quickly unlocked? It depends. Like, sometimes if there was an argument in the house, it would quickly open. But if it was like we were just hanging out, it would just slowly unlock and open. I used to see an old woman at the end of my bed, and I'd wake up in groggy in the middle of the night. But she was always there to protect me. That's what I always kind of felt. My brother, he once remembers waking up in the middle of the night and saw an older man in about his 50s hunching over and examining his face. Oh, weird. 
he turned away and then he saw the older woman at the end of his bed and she was about in her 40s she had her arms crossed and angry looking at him and he noticed that there was a young woman in his bed next to him with like a little bubbly smile and was laying naked next to him actually before he was able to realize what was going on they all faded away at once and as the girl was fading away she gave a playful wave goodbye (laughs) he actually came home from school nobody was home and he went straight to his room to go do some homework the room started to get a little cold and then he felt a bony hand on his right shoulder and he stopped dead it started gripping tighter and he realized he was the only one in the room but like the door was shut and then he heard an old style haunting laugh (laughs) and then it let go he was relinquished Um, My brother used to play Civilizations downstairs in the basement. And we usually have like two chairs, so then either one of us could play. He was stuck on a move one night alone in the basement. um, And either move would kill his people or leave them to starve. The extra chair was across the room and it rolled towards him, almost like right up next to him. And he's a joking guy. He likes to joke. He looked openly and jokingly back to the chair as if somebody was sitting there and asked, what move should I make? And a blue tinted hand materialized and pointed to the places to move his people in order to survive the level. He was freaked out and he quickly saved, turned everything off and ran upstairs. A few days later, he had the nerve to finally come back. He didn't tell anybody. He remembered what the move was and it worked and he was clear sailing for that level no problem my mom was doing laundry one day and she went to go change over the dryer and she heard a clawing in the furnace which was right next to the dryer and these big talons came out on the sides of the furnace she screamed my dad came down he grabbed a screwdriver and he opened it and this huge raven came out so he grabbed all the blankets and we ran around the house trying to get out of the house because it was flying everywhere and was cawing at us. Later on, we had a friend come over because we were so spooked and he so happened to know HVAC and he didn't believe it and he thought maybe it could have been a small bird and or maybe something like that, but it would never get into the firing chamber. There's no way. There's no way in. <laughs> My dad, who's the skeptical, he was like, it was in there. I took it out. <laughs> it flew out. <laughs> And we all saw it, and it definitely was not a crow. It was way too big. My grandfather, he lived with us for a number of years, so he'd babysit from time to time. So we had a good night, everything. He's like, okay, time for bed. I was like, okay. And at the time, I slept with my light on because I was afraid of the dark and afraid of the house. (laughs) So he left the light on, and I I was laying down in the cot trying to go to sleep. I saw, I had a little Blue Jays streamer on the side of my canopy bed, and it started wafting in the wind, like a little breeze. Mm -hmm. And I thought at first, I'm like, well, the heat must have kicked on, but I don't remember hearing it. Uh, And back then, we used to have the guards on on the heaters. Yep. It was faced the other way, and towards the drapes that were closed, and the heat hadn't come on, and it wasn't moving. So I started getting really scared. And then it started to get stronger, and it was like a wind, and almost kind of going sideways. I had a bookshelf to the right of me, 
and I had like little little trinkets fly across the room towards my desk in my bed. So I screamed for my grandfather, and he's running down the hallway. I was still screaming, but I was still in the cot, and he's like, get out of the cot. And we're standing both at the door as things are flying off of this bookcase across the room. The bookcase is shuddering and falls across, and it hits my bed and bounces at the top. And I was so scared. I said, I'm not going back to bed, Grabby. And he's just like, okay, but your parents are going to come home. I'm like, what do you do to stay awake? And he's like, well, I make coffee. Do you want a coffee? And I was like, sure. (laughs) So I I would put like a ton of milk in and a ton of sugar and then take a sip and then put more in and take a sip. And I I came to the conclusion I will never drink coffee and I don't like coffee from that day. Um, (laughs) And that happened when I was like seven or eight. Yeah, and and as I said, that um, we'd lose things, we would gain things. My brother seemed to get most of the gifts, shucks. And (laughs) he collected Hot Wheels at the time uh, for one of them. Um, He also collected hats, and he would find them in his underwear drawer. So (laughs) also things that I would find. Like one day, I had a friend that she moved away from Aurora with her family, and they moved to B.C., and one day I was just thinking about her and it was about, I was about 12. She left when I was like seven or eight. I went to go get something and it was weird. I was just like, go check my underwear drawer. <laughs> like something just told me. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I went right to the bottom and there was her health card. What? Yeah. Cause I just thought it was the weirdest thing. I was just like, where would I, I was just thinking about her. And then I found her health card. I was like, it was her name, her last name, like the address they lived at, everything. It was like, it came in blue because she was from a different province. Oh, another one with the house is that I was doing laundry one day and I had Lincoln Park blasting in my room, which was adjacent to the basement laundry room area. No one was home, so I had to do some laundry. And the entrance and where you come into the to the basement uh, to get to the laundry, I, I noticed that something was in the corner of my eye when I was putting stuff into the dryer, and I looked up, and there was that teenager girl at the door where I had to go. <laughs> she was looking at me weirdly, like almost like, what are you doing? And of course, I was scared as all hell. I remember the music blasting and I just started singing the song because <laughs> I had nowhere to go. And I just started singing it out loudly and it was crawling by Lincoln Park. And then she faded and I ran to that door and up the stairs. I didn't even turn back on the dryer, nothing. And my mom came home and was like, you didn't finish the laundry. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it later. <laughs> My mom always had the feeling that somebody hung themselves in the basement by the rafters. Every time I would put away the vacuum in the coat closet, I would always get scared. And eventually one day as I was putting it away, I had a vision that, you know, somebody was being just hanged. And I didn't like vacuuming after that (laughs) as well. Talk about negative association. Yeah. I still, we got like a Roomba. <laughs> so, 
my mom constantly remembers cold spots. Like you would, you would walk around the house and you just all of a sudden be super cold. And then like, we actually tested it at one point. We were just like, okay, so (laughs) right here in the kitchen. (laughs) Right. But then when you stand out of it, Mm -hmm. you were like super warm and it was like summer. My mom also had soon to when we first moved into the house as well. Um, my brother had this jacket. He came out from outside and she took the jacket off and she hung it on the doorknob. He went off and played and she thought, oh, I'm going to put away that coat later. She forgot about it and she came back and it was gone. And she thought, oh, well, maybe somebody put it away. No, it wasn't in the closet. So then she's like, well, maybe it fell down the stairs. No, it didn't fall down the stairs. So she literally tore apart the house <laughs> for this jacket and she couldn't find it anywhere. It's just gone. And to this day, she never found it. That's like I had a hat that I wore all the time. That was my favorite. I would never get rid of it, obviously. And then one day, it was just I couldn't find it. And I searched. And I had a tiny apartment. So I searched everywhere. I tore the place apart, looked under everything, looked everywhere I possibly could look, never found it. That was, yeah. I, was I was experiencing all these things like money would go missing from my wallet. Um <laughs> That was the worst, obviously. Yes, obviously. <laughs> it stole my dope one time. That was... Ooh, yeah, I, ouch. I, I, okay, the, the story was I rolled three joints, okay, uh-huh. put them down on the table, and then they, instantly two of them were gone. <laughs> they, they had a party. They just disappeared, <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I'm looking behind the table and everything. I'm like, yeah, never never got it back. I, yeah. said, I said out loud, I said poltergeist... Give me back my joints. Those are mine. Those aren't yours. <laughs> my dad was out of town a lot for work. So my mom would take care of us, obviously. And then she'd go watch TV as everybody went to bed. Mm-hmm. Her seat of the couch was at the end of the hallway. So then she could hear us if one of us were coming down the hall. It was kind of right next to the kitchen. The kitchen had uh, a two-way door. So she was sitting next to there and she saw a hand pop up around the corner from the kitchen into the landing area and um, wave at her. And it was a kid's hand. So she thought it was me. And she was like, Crystal, go back to bed. (laughs) And she must have said it about three times, you know, go back to bed, go back to bed. Eventually she just got up and she was like, screw this. And <laughs> she went around the corner and in that time the hand had popped back. No one was in the kitchen. So she thought, well, maybe she made a run for it, even though she doesn't remember hearing anybody running down the hallway. So she went down the hallway into my bedroom and sure enough, I was fast asleep. There was like no way that I could get down the hallway <laughs> and be that fast asleep. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing so much of your time. And, uh, you know, these stories are fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing them. You're welcome. I hope you've been enjoying this episode. It's been my thrill to bring you these true stories of haunted houses. 
If you have a haunted house story of your own, maybe you'd like to submit it for a future episode of the show because I'll definitely be doing more episodes on the theme of haunted houses. Trust you me. You can go again to facebook.com slash supernatural podcast. I hope to put out the show every two weeks or so. And since it's a new show, I really appreciate your support. If you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, it would be absolutely fantastic. If you can share the show with a friend, that's the best because I want more people to hear it. The next episode will be on UFOs. I'm very excited to be finally sharing some of my own stories because I've had some close encounters, that's plural, with unidentified flying objects. Until then, I decided to search Toronto Haunted House Tour on Google and find a way to spend a Saturday night in search of, if not a fright, then a deeper insight into the local history of haunted houses. I spoke after the tour to our tour guide, Margot. I've been working for uh, Haunted Walks for about 16 years now, and some of my experiences have happened at buildings and places that we talk about on our tours. For example, in Ottawa, one of the haunted buildings that we have there is the Bytown Museum. And uh, one night I was closing up, and myself and some other people distinctly heard the sound of footsteps walking across the empty floor above our heads. That's the short version of that story. <laughs> but also here in Toronto, through the autumn season especially, we give tours at Black Creek Pioneer Village. And what's great about that tour is we get to bring people inside the buildings that we're actually talking about. It's pretty deserted and pretty dark. And there have been weird things that have happened there too. Um, one of my customers was pushed to the floor by unseen hands. Uh, and she felt a presence that did not want us in the building and told us to get out as quickly as possible and so on. So weird things like that. The one thing I'm glad about is that I've never had anything happen in a place where I'm living or trying to sleep for the night. <laughs> it's like, I'm happy to be haunted outside of my home. One other thing I've noticed, is it just me? Are there a lot of ghosts in Canada, like a lot of haunted houses in Canada? When I go online and I look up different ghost stories, I find a ton in Canada. Yeah, uh, Canada is a pretty haunted place. I think, um, you know, we're probably not any more haunted than, say, Europe, for example. But I think one thing is that Canadians love ghost stories. And we come, we have a lot of our cultures, like our French and Scottish and Irish, you know, especially uh, that uh, the early settlers, uh, European settlers to this country, as well as our indigenous peoples, all have strong uh, history or a strong sense of um, the other, the presence that's around us and stories uh, talking about that. And I think it's just passed down through the cultures that have come here and mingled all together that we have joined our love of ghost stories. So I think we maybe report them to each other more, more often okay. than in some other places. That's what I'm getting at. It's Very like, good explanation. Yeah, yeah, we love them. <laughs> All right, well, Margot, thanks for uh, answering some questions, and thank you very much for taking us on the ghost tour. I'm glad you came along, and I'm happy to happy to have shared some experiences with you. Right, thanks. <laughs> have a great night. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum, 
These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. The music used in this show was by Jay Moss with his songs Slide Revisation 2, Trez Tristetangos with Planta Baja, Zara with Degrowth Part 2, Audionautics with Sneaky Trooper, and Ben Sound with Tomorrow. The rest were original tracks made for the show. If you want to contribute anything towards the production of the show, a buck or two, you can go to patreon.com slash supernatural stories. And if you have a story of your own to contribute, you can do that at supernaturalstories.ca or facebook.com slash supernatural podcast. Till next time.